Freshly Powered Digital Marketing Show, the digital marketer's guide to emerging technology, covering blockchain, cryptocurrency, and social media disruption. Hey there, I'm Aaron Sell, your host of the show. This week, we will be discussing Facebook advertising and chatbots with the digital gal, Amanda Robinson. I am really excited about this episode. Um, Amanda is just a wealth of knowledge. And I do have to mention this because I actually think it's quite funny. I almost always in every episode talk about Agorapulse and Amanda and I, strangely enough, did not talk about Agorapulse and we're both big fans. So Agorapulse is a show sponsor. I'm sure many of you have heard me say it before, but I love Agorapulse for all of my scheduling needs and communicating with followers, having those conversations. Um, Their reporting is awesome. It's better than any other social media platform scheduling tool that I have tried. And trust me, I've tried them all. So what I want to say is if you are in search for a social media scheduling tool, go check out Agora Pulse. They're going to give you 15 days for free, and then if you use my code, you can get an additional two months free after that initial trial period. So just go to sociallypowered.com forward slash AP to get started. So let me do a brief introduction uh, before we get into the chat with Amanda Robinson. Amanda is the digital gal. She is widely recognized in the digital marketing industry for her knowledge, training, skills, and coaching as a Facebook ads expert. With her Swift Kick in the Ads membership, which is her four-week Facebook ads training boot camp, And she also has some amazing chatbot skills. I've actually gone through Amanda's Swift Kick in the ads, and it's awesome. Everybody should take a look at that. She is also an author, international speaker, consultant, and educator who has taught thousands of business owners and entrepreneurs the foundational skills of Facebook ads. Amanda brings personality and passion to teaching others how to make Facebook ads work for them. So let's go ahead and jump right in to the interview with Amanda. Welcome to the show, Amanda Robinson. I'm so excited to have you here today. How are you? I'm doing excellent and I'm really, really excited that you invited me on because I know this means that we get to geek out over Facebook ads and chatbots, right? Yeah. I was trying to think about how many years we've known each other. It's definitely at least three. I want to say three. I want to say three. Yeah. But, and it feels like a heck of a lot more. Right. It really does. So before we, before we dive into everything, I think it's kind of funny because I don't, I, I'm trying to remember, well, we may have known each other before social media day, Denver, but I have to just give you a shout out because my social media day would have been what, three years ago, probably. I had somebody got sick and couldn't make it. Well, actually, Kim Garst got sick and couldn't make it to our social media day. So that was, I was scrambling at the last minute for somebody to fill her session on chatbots. And thank God, 
Amanda and Kelly Noble Mirabella were going to be attending the event. And so I talked to them and I'm like, well, what do you guys think about putting on a presentation and, you know, 24 hours from now? And, and they stepped up their game and, and said yes. So I was extremely grateful. <laughs> I got to say that that was my first time being subbed in in 24 hours or less. Right? And that was, so that was, that was a whole new experience and it was awesome. I had a blast and it was so much fun. Um, and then well, it wasn't that the first time that you and Kelly ever like spoke together on stage on stage. Yeah. We yeah. had been doing our live show together. Right. Yeah. So we, yeah. we had lots of, lots of content together, but not physically in the same place. And just keep in mind, she lives in California and I live at the time I was living in Ontario. So <laughs> it was pretty neat that we were both going to be in the same place at the same time right. and then have that opportunity. And you it made was, that happen. It was so perfect. <laughs> so perfect. Amanda is all things Facebook advertising and chat bots. So I'll let, I'll let you choose. Which do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with, let's warm it all up with Facebook ads because I think we can all relate a little bit to some degree with Facebook ads before, before I start geeking down the uh, chat bot road. All right, cool. Facebook advertising is, I've dabbled, but you are definitely the expert. And one of the reasons that I say I've dabbled is that I honestly haven't even opened up Facebook business manager or looked at Facebook ads. And I know there's been a lot of changes. I, you know, I see the articles and I see the news about it, but I haven't gone to check it out yet. So what are, what are the latest and greatest changes? And I mean, we know Facebook changes pretty much every day when you wake up, it's like, oh, what's going to be different today? All right. So there are probably too many changes to kind of summarize, but I'll give you the overall concept that, um, for example, I run my Facebook ads bootcamp, which teaches Facebook ads from the ground up. And I rerun that training every other month or so to run it live. And I've been doing that for a year and a half. And from my last training that happened um, two months ago to the one I'm just com I just uh, completed again today, so in the in the span of that time is about sixty days difference. The amount of changes from the last run of that boot camp to the end run of this boot camp was absolutely mind boggling. So in a year and a half, all the changes between all the times I reteach the exact same content, it's usually just little tweaks and changes here and there. This time it was almost like a whole teaching a whole brand new program. Uh, a lot of that has to do with Facebook's new interface. So Facebook has finally rolled out the new user interface, which I mean, if you, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that nobody across the internet likes it. It's terrible. It's very difficult to navigate. It's clunky. It's missing features. And everyone who gets put onto the, what we, you know, we quote unquote call the new Facebook, um, they get pretty upset over it. And it's not one of those things that you'll adjust to quickly. It's one of those things that you just wish you could switch back. Some of us can still switch back in the old one. Most of you are stuck in the new one and uh, more and more people are being rolled out into the new user interface uh, as I, we speak. I hate to say it out loud, but I still have the old and I'm like, I don't, I don't even it. want to say it. Don't jinx it. Hang on to that. <laughs> right. I was very lucky for today's training. I was able to toggle back and forth between the old interface and the new one. So I was able to kind of 
show an example of how to navigate to these different different bits and pieces of Facebook ads from the old interface and from the new interface, which the new one's kind of catching me off guard because I haven't had it for very long. So I haven't had the chance to experiment and explore and find where to click through to ads manager, where to get into business manager, where to get into creator studio, all of those things. So learning, learning that the hard way, just like everybody else. But as far as other changes go, um, the one thing I want to say about changes is Facebook is changing constantly. They always have been. And that's why if you take your foot off the gas pedal and ignore Facebook ads for anything more than three months, you're going to feel, feel like you're learning something brand new again. It can be a little bit difficult to keep up with. So what I, the way I kind of preface this is that the functions are still there. Facebook has not been rolling out a ton of new functions. They've been tweaking things. They've been tweaking where menu screens are, tweaking how things look. They haven't been rolling out a huge amount of new features and new functions. So with that said, everything that you have been able to do, it's pretty much still there. It's just a matter of figuring out where they moved it to. And that's, and I, I focus primarily on Facebook ads. Um, yes, there's lots on the organic side that has changed the user interface, usability. Yes, there's lots of changes there. But as far as ads are concerned, Everything is still there. Where you access your reports is still there. The different, where to get to your pixel, it's still there. It just, it all looks different and it all happened. I'd say this is probably the most drastic overhaul of what the back end of Facebook ads looks like. And I've been seeing, luckily with the number of um, Facebook ad accounts that I'm in on a regular basis with uh, coaching calls and troubleshooting and helping um, other clients, I see many, many ad accounts on, an, on a weekly basis. And I see ad accounts from all around the world. So it's been very fortunate for me to be able to see a lot of these different menu screens in other people's accounts as they've kind of been test rolling out in different areas. So at least I have a little bit of familiarity on what it's going to look like. And it's given me the uh, knowledge and heads up that there are, at any given point in time, you've got three or four different types of menu screens floating around. So when you're trying to teach somebody a concept and their screen doesn't look like your screen, the concepts are still the same. The menu items that you're looking for are still the same. The whole concept and what you're trying to do with your Facebook pixel, with looking at your reporting, with creating a campaign and choosing your objectives, all the fundamentals are still there and they are still the same. So if you can get yourself past that initial jolt of, <gasps> It's changed. It's moved. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. If you can just put, take, take that hat off for a second and put your inventor hat on, your tinker hat where, you know, imagine it's like a, like a watch that you could take apart and then put back together again. All the pieces are still there. You just don't, don't be intimidated about how it looks or where it's moved to. Don't be afraid to click on something or dig a little bit deeper or go hunting for it. You're not going to break anything. The only thing, the only time you're ever going to break anything as it pertains to Facebook ads is business manager and ad accounts. If you create a new ad account inside of a business manager or pull a, an ad account inside of a business manager, that's the only permanent thing you can't undo. It will forever be permanently owned by that business manager. You can't move it afterwards. Outside of that little thing I just said, you can go to town playing on pretty much anything with your Facebook ads. You're not gonna break it. <laughs> that is good to know. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, Facebook ads can definitely, I think, be overwhelming and when you go when you go in there and see everything that's available there's so many options and choices and and things that you can mess with right yes it, it's definitely overwhelming and i'm saying that from somebody who's actually i mean i've run ads i've been in you know working in facebook for many years as somebody that that's not their business trying to do that i yeah. i can't even imagine 
And it, it has gotten harder over the years. I mean, I've been with Facebook ads or been doing Facebook ads and teaching people how to do Facebook ads since Facebook ads were a thing. So it's, I've grown with the platform as everything has changed and evolved over the years. And it did start out pretty straightforward. It was pretty easy. You could just go in, add a few dollars, get great success out of it and go, oh, that wasn't so hard, let's do it again. But over the last, I'd say five years, it has changed so drastically. Um, and there are, I know how I was just saying, you know, there aren't that many new features, but if you add up all the new features over the past five years or so, there are so many changes that it can be quite overwhelming and it can be very intimidating. So I used to have this philosophy of Facebook ads are so easy. Let me show you how easy they are. And now uh, getting through my program while I'm teaching, I have to break my, my program into four weeks four components, an hour and a half long each. And that's just to give you the information through a fire hose of just the basics on everything you need to know, because there are so many little bells and whistles and decisions that you have to make at every little stage of, of the game. And now that I've been in it for so long, I'm finally kind of taking that step back and going, you know what? Facebook did make Facebook ads harder. <laughs> they, <laughs> they really did get harder. So right. I, I do have a lot of understanding and sympathy for the business owners that are coming to me who want to learn Facebook ads. Uh, I totally understand where you're coming from. And that's my philosophy of trying to make it easier for you. Teach it in an easier way, easier concepts for you to understand and not just assume that you know what the difference between reach versus impressions is and what a ROAS, return on ad spend, is. So no assumptions, no acronyms. It's boiled right down to the, the, the complete base, basic level, but not just teaching you a basic concept, getting you from zero to a hundred and teaching you everything you need to know to get you up and running and started. But I've learned that, wow, and unless I, with, with all the years of teaching this and, and all the years of, of uh, refining it and understanding how it lands with different business owners and where they get confused or stuck or hung up, um, it's taught me how to be a lot more succinct with what I'm teaching. But it's still the same length. I've just compacted and taught more within that amount of time. So there's a lot of changes that have happened over, over the years. And let's put it this way. The bottom line, if you can just remember this, it's not you, it's Facebook. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna have to write that one down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you had to give like your top tips, whether that be like top three, top five, what are your, the top tips for getting started in Facebook advertising? So my top tip is it's a four part, it's a, it's a four part attempt. So when you're running a Facebook ad, it's not just creating the ad itself with your image, your headline, your text. There's so much more to it than that. So for example, if you look at it in these four pillars, I always say the four, four pillars of Facebook ads. And I teach my trainings in this format too. Number one, is the actual ad itself, creating the ad using Facebook, Facebook's ads manager. So learning how to use ads manager, getting beyond that boost button. That's step one. Step two is audiences and targeting, learning how to create your audiences, putting the time into audience research and creating your remarketing audiences. So it's not just who you're going to target overall, but how are you going to continue to reach the people who have liked, clicked, commented, shared, watched your videos, been to your website. There's a strategy in behind that. So putting the time and effort energy into researching and building your audiences. So that's number two. 
audiences and targeting. Number three is budget and strategy. So having a strategy on how you're going to do your Facebook ads and having a budget that will play in with that. So matching your strategy to your budget. So if you go out there and decide, I'm going to go make a whole bunch of sales of my course using Facebook ads and your course price point is $2,000 per seat, well then coming to the table of $500 in Facebook ads and hoping to make a lot of sales to a cold audience is not going to happen. You need a strategy that's going to match the budget you have to work with. And that's a real big key. So it's kind of like managing those expectations. So if you don't have a large budget to work with, let's look at putting a strategy in place so that your ads can actually be effective at achieving one part of your marketing, not necessarily the whole backbone of all of your marketing. So managing those expectations. So that's number three, it's budget and strategy. And last but not least, number four, the part that most people overlook, which is reporting and optimizing. So actually looking at the results of your ads, not just looking at the one little number Facebook gives you of like, oh, you had so many link clicks or, oh, you had so many video views. Go deeper than that, look deeper at, the ad placements. So where did those ads show up? Did you get your results from Facebook's newsfeed on mobile, on desktop, on Instagram, from the audience network, from instant articles, from in-stream videos? Where did those ads show up and where were they getting you better results? And break it down based on age and gender and country or um, region. So do the work at digging a little bit deeper and seeing where you were getting better results. So it's not just about the one result number, it's looking deeper in all the data that Facebook gives you when you run an ad. And then when you go to create a new ad or a new campaign, take that information and tweak the next campaign that you're going to do to eliminate the things that weren't working and do more of the things that were working. So that's number four is reporting and optimizing. So actually looking at the results and then making positive changes based on those results. So number one, use ads manager for creating ads. Number two, audiences and targeting, put the time and work in. Number three, budget and strategy, make sure the two of them match. And number four, look at your results and tweak and make changes to make it better. So if you're just starting out with Facebook ads, it's not just one of those pieces. If you're only focusing on one and ignoring the other three, then your Facebook ads most likely are not going to work for you. You don't have to learn all four of those all at once. Maybe just learn one piece at a time and learn to get confident with that one piece and then start layering on the rest. That's okay. Just manage those expectations that all four of those pieces need to be working in harmony. If they're not, it is hard to get Facebook ads to work for you right out of the gate. So I have a couple questions for you based on, on that. As far as placement of your ads, do you recommend that you let the ad go to all the different places that you can, or do you refine that or, you know, pick and choose? If you had asked me this question a month and a half ago, I would have said, yes, use all, all automatic placements to start. When you first start, leave it on automatic placements, let Facebook decide where that ad is, is best positioned to get you the results, and then look at the results and decide from there, and then manually pull out placements that you didn't really like. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've been seeing some trends lately, more specifically with video campaigns, where um, Facebook is heavy delivering video campaigns into um, the audience network and into in-stream videos. And what does that mean? Well, an audience network placement could be, for example, if somebody's playing a, playing a game on an app on an iPad, and then partway through the game, in order to get to the next level, they have to watch an ad. They have to watch a video ad past 15 seconds, and then they can either skip it or um, move on to the next level. 
or an in-stream video. Say you're watching a video on Facebook and it's a really interesting video and it gets just to the interesting part and all of a sudden Facebook pauses the video, shows you an ad for 15 seconds, and then continues with the video. So both of those are ad placements. One is in the audience network, one is in-stream videos. And those are basically forced views. So if you have a strategy of trying to grow an audience of video viewers that you can retarget later, because it's a great strategy and those are usually, that's usually an inexpensive audience to retarget and it's a fantastic way to grow a warm audience. If that's your strategy, but your ad placements are heavy delivering into areas where people are forced to watch those videos, then it's not showing intent and it's not doing you any good and it's not creating a good seed audience that you can then remarket to. So those are, when it comes to placements, normally I would say leave it on automatic placements, let Facebook show it everywhere because Facebook will try to put your ads into the place that where they are primed to best perform because Facebook does want your ads to perform. Contrary to popular belief, they want your ads to perform because if they get you results, you keep coming back and spending more. If you're not getting results, you get frustrated and you stop spending. So they want to get you results. They want your ads to show up in the right places. But it's been, I don't know if it's just because our global situation has changed. Businesses, lots of businesses have shifted their marketing dollars. They pulled out of Facebook ads mm -hmm. back in March and April, and now businesses are coming back online. New businesses who were never online are now all of a sudden activating online, and there's a huge demand for doing Facebook ads. So we're starting to see a lot of volatility in how ads are performing, and placements is probably one of the go-to spots that you can go and look to see are your ads actually performing well for you in all the placements where Facebook is putting them? Or should you be choosing manual placements and nipping and tucking and pulling out ones that you don't feel are, ser are serving you? Awesome. Um, so I kind of on that same topic, um, do you, do you see a major difference between if you're doing a Facebook video ad versus a still image? They both have their place and they both have their place depending on what part of the funnel or what part of the user experience you're serving. So if you're reaching a cold audience of people who have never met you before and you're trying to make a very first impression, this is their first time seeing you and have no clue what you do as a business, then video ads can be a great vehicle for that, for making that first impression, for getting a concept across or delivering some value or education or humor. So those are very effective. But when it comes to selling products, the actual static image is a great way to say, hey, here it is, are you ready for it? But to serve a static image trying to make a sale to a cold audience of people doesn't always make sense. So it's best to be serving those static images to people who are already familiar with you. And it's best to be serving those video ads to attract that attention span. So you can use them in varying ways. And this is honestly, this is just very, very, very like diluted and generic what I'm saying right now. There's lots more to a strategy than that. But when it comes to video content, you absolutely have to have video content in your strategy. If you've taken any time to pop into Facebook's Creator Studio, you're going to notice that Facebook's Creator Studio is mirroring or mimicking very closely to YouTube. All video, all video stats, video content is prioritized. It's showing how many minutes viewed, audience retention. It's all video stats. Video is incredibly important to Facebook and incredibly important to Facebook's content lineup. So by producing video and putting, using video in your marketing mix when it comes to Facebook ads, 
you're going to get a better use out of your budget overall than if you're just hanging on to static images only. So make sure it, it, it plays into your strategy and into the mix. Video content is a must, but it's also not the be all and end all. There's a place for both. So I meant to mention this earlier and because I, I was looking at it the other day, but so just recently, Facebook changed the rules on how much copy or words you can have on your image. So what are your thoughts about that? Do you, do you believe it? Um, I mean, so, I'm, I'm a little skeptical about it. <laughs> so what the, so there's this 20% text rule that's been around since the dawn of time. And what that rule has been is that you can't have more than 20% text in your image. Otherwise Facebook will reject the image. Well, that rule's kind of had a bit of a moving target, like a very flexible line <laughs> for a very long time. So then, then what we noticed is starting, I'd say a couple of years ago, Facebook started allowing text in images and they would kind of give you a warning system. If there was too much text, Facebook said they were, would outright reject the ad for having too much text. Or if, there was, if it was recognizing that there was a high amount of text in the ad, it would give you a warning. It would still run the ad, but the ads would be more expensive. They would basically right. charge you more to run the ad um, compared to an ad with no text in it. But I also noticed, I've noticed recently, there's a Facebook um, text overlay tool and you can just literally search in Google Facebook text overlay tool. So what you could do is you could take an image. If it had text in it, you could upload that image into that text overlay tool. And Facebook would tell you if it would pass or if it would get a warning or if it would be rejected. And I've noticed as of lately, when I'm showing that tool, I can upload any image with any amount of text and it keeps giving it the okay. I'm like, what? Facebook, are you oh. drunk? Like there's more than 20% text in that. So that just tells me that uh, Facebook has been tweaking the system in the back end anyway to kind of let it, they've been relaxing on that rule for a very long time. Um, and now they've, now they have said that they're going to be abolishing the 20% text rule. So what that means is you could technically have an ad that's all text. Ways that we were getting around that in the past is if you have a video, you can just, just have a, a thumbnail image that doesn't have text in it, but the rest of the video can have a high volume of text in it. Static images, you just go a little, you just don't have it be all text, you just back it off. But ultimately, Facebook doesn't want this to be a giant set of ads that look like a whole bunch of posters. And, right. and realistically, your ads shouldn't be doing that anyway. Your ads need to be scroll stopping and compelling. So you don't need to jam it all in like a flyer. Have your actual ad, the rest of the ad, your, your ad copy, your headline, um, your call to action. Have those do the heavy lifting on conveying the message. Have the image be the attention grabber, the scroll stopper. And if you're not able to accomplish that, um, jamming in a ton of text onto an image isn't going to accomplish that. So then the, the flip side to this whole conversation is that Facebook has what they call the um, ad relevance diagnostics. So not to get too geeky, but um, the, Facebook basically gives you a report card on how well your ads are performing anyway, and or how, how good your ads are. And that they give you a report card basically says uh, below average, average or above average. And if your ad has too much text in it, or it's a low quality ad anyway, you're going to be hitting a below average on that, um, on that ranking. And if you're hitting a below average in multiple, in, in any of those three categories, then your ads end up costing more anyway. So it really is like they're saying, we're taking away the 20% text rule, but realistically, 
uh, Facebook's um, AI is still reading those ads for quality. You're still getting ranked on quality and that quality is going to affect how, uh, how costly those ads are and how often they're going to be shown in the newsfeed while competing against other ads from other advertisers also bidding on the exact same audience. So even though they're saying we're taking away the 20% text rule, that doesn't mean go and jam some text in and away you go. Right. It's, I mean, uh, if you're, if you're putting crappy ads out there, then they're going to cost you're more. spending more money to potentially not reach the people that you want to reach, or people are going to be annoyed by, yeah. you know, what you're putting out there. So yeah. Why? So in other, in other words, don't get lazy folks, just because they're taking away one rule that was trying to prevent you from being lazy doesn't mean you can start getting lazy with your ads. You still have to be creative and your ads still have to be more creative than your competition. Right. If you are a new business just starting out, what would you recommend for a budget if you don't have a lot to spend? Can you, I mean, can a small business have success with a small amount of money? So that's where we look at defining success. So if success to you is making sales fly off the shelf and you have less than $500 to work with, we need to manage those expectations. And if success just means getting more brand awareness or getting more foot traffic in your store, then yes, we can probably make that happen. So it's a matter of aligning your own expectations of what you want your ads to achieve with how much budget you have to work with. And when you say, when we're looking at, you know, what kind of minimums would it take? If you want to spend $50 on boosting one single post in a month, that's okay. That There's nothing wrong with that. I highly encourage you to, to experiment with that and to experiment with spending some ad dollars, whether you're boosting, whether you're learning how to create an ad with ads manager, spending some ad dollars on Facebook is a great place to continue your top of mind and brand awareness. But if you want to start seeing some measurable, measurable results coming out of your Facebook ads, then you need to be on a more of a regular schedule where you're spending, I would highly recommend spending about $500 a month. And it might seem a lot at first, but if you really think about it, it's $100 a week. And by spending $100 a week, I mean, that's the equivalent of, say you boosted two posts in a week worth $50 each, then this, this would replace that. So by spending $500 and then coming up with a strategy of reaching a cold audience of new people who don't know you yet, but then also spending some of those ad dollars retargeting and reaching people who are already familiar with you to stay top of mind and keep them moving through your funnel or keep them engaging with your content, then $500 would be what I would recommend as a, a starting point. Um, and then you can grow from there. And some people are spending, some people spend 20,000, 30,000 a month, but I can guarantee they're not spending those amounts of money without having a return to show for it. And it takes a little bit of time. I usually say it takes about three months of spending on spending ad dollars on Facebook to really kind of dial everything in to get to a point where you have some predictable results coming through. Well, and I think the main thing there that people need to think about is what's the actual value of a customer. I mean, if you're spending $500 a month, but you're bringing in, you know, a handful of customers that then in turn are worth, you know, two grand a month or 10 grand a month or whatever that number is. Um, so that's where you need to think, like you said, with your budget and yes. what makes sense. Exactly. And it's different um, for everyone. I did want to ask you, your opinion on boosting versus actually creating a well thought out ad campaign or ad strategy. Yeah. Do you recommend adding a couple boosts in there? Or? So the mechanics of boost versus creating with ads manager, 
boosting a post is what I call the training wheels of Facebook ads. It's accomplishing the same thing. It really is. It's taking that post, it's turning it into an ad, it's circulating it on Facebook's ad network, and it's reaching new people that you probably wouldn't have been, would not have seen your content otherwise. So boosting a post is not bad. It's not terrible. A lot of experts will say, stop boosting posts, never boost a post. It's a waste of your time and money. If you keep boosting and you never graduate off of boosting, if you never get, if you never ditch those training wheels, then yeah, you're going to get left behind by all your friends who are uh, learning how to, to use ads manager. So if you are boosting posts and you find that you're starting to boost posts more regularly, or if you are getting to the point where you're boosting posts and you're spending more than $500 a month on ads, stop. Time to graduate time to learn how to use ads manager. The reason I'm saying this is boosting a post has the training wheels on, meaning it's stripped right down to some very basic options. Mm -hmm. And those basic options might not be the best options for how you could be optimizing that ad and reaching the people that matter the most to you. If you're creating that ad using Facebook, Facebook's ads manager, even though there are more options, it could be a little overwhelming and intimidating if you're, when you're first starting out. The ability to uh, manipulate the those choices and functions to optimize your ad for your own purposes and what you want to accomplish is going to save you money in the long run. So for example, if I'm running, if I'm running an ad and I want clicks to my website, if I'm boosting a post, then I'm probably just, Facebook is probably just going after link clicks. So it's, it's priming that ad so that people will click the link and that's it. Facebook's job is done. It got you a link click. That's all you ask for. Great. Everybody's happy, right? wrong. If we had created that same ad using Facebook's ads manager, chosen a traffic objective for the campaign, then used the optimization of landing page views rather than link clicks. What's the difference? Well, a landing page view, when you have your Facebook pixel on your website and somebody clicks your ad and leaves Facebook, once people, once people leave Facebook, Facebook loses visibility of those people unless they land on a page that has a Facebook tracking pixel on it, AKA your website. So in other words, Facebook can see that someone clicked the ad, but not only clicked it and left Facebook, they can actually say, oh, they actually arrived at your website. And that's a landing page view. And a landing page view is so much higher value because there's anything, any number of things that can happen from somebody clicking on an ad to actually making it to your site, such as their internet connection is slow or um, something, it just took too long for your page to load and they abandoned the click. So there's so many different ways where people might click on something on Facebook, but never actually arrive at your site. So I would much rather bid on landing page views to say these people actually made it to my website versus just link clicks. And when we only want link clicks, that's where we can see lots of things going wrong with ad placements, like we just talked about a little earlier, where you can get a ton of link clicks off of ads circulating in the audience network. That's the suite of apps. But think about it this way, if you're swiping through an app or a game and you accidentally click on an ad, you're like, oh, I didn't wanna do that, I wanna go back to my game. It's an abandoned click. Well, that's getting counted as a link click. And that's when you're boosting a post, that's what you're asking for. Just a link click, no more, no more responsibility from Facebook, just a link click. Facebook will continue to give you more link clicks. And if they're all coming from the audience network, they just stop showing your ads everywhere else and have you load all of your ad inventory into the audience network where you're getting clicks. And that's not what we want to see. So I'd much rather see you graduate off the training wheels of boosting a post, take more control into your own hands, create an ad using Facebook's ads manager, and make better decisions on how you want to optimize that to reach the right people that mean the most to you. Wow. So much information. Like, I feel like we could probably talk about 
Facebook ads for at least a few more hours. Um, but I do, I want to talk about chatbots a little bit and maybe what we'll have to do, Amanda, is have you come back on and do another, you know, maybe more in-depth chatbot session. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, tell me, you know, what's happening in the world of chatbots and, and all that. I, you know, I, again, I've dabbled. It's been a while since I've really done anything with chatbots. So what's changed recently? Everything. <laughs> as much as, Shocker. yeah, I know. Shocking. As much as we're saying everything with Facebook is changing, uh, Facebook, um, messenger marketing chatbots are, I don't, so the difference is Facebook is changing. Messenger marketing chatbots are evolving. So they were fairly new on scene, what, three years ago from a consumer level perspective of not having to be a developer not having to be a programmer, but being able to just jump into an interface and drag and drop kind of like a a Wix or a Squarespace website where you can drag and drop and build it yourself with no coding experience. That's what messenger marketing chatbots are. You can, there are so many tools out there. I personally use ManyChat for building because it's so simple. Um, So by being it being more available to uh, the average Joe like us, we can drag and drop and create our own. Yay. That's step one. But um, as they've been gaining in popularity, more and more people have been uh, pumping more money into services that allow us to do messenger marketing um, chatbots. And they've been evolving so rapidly. There's so much innovation happening on that side of things that if you aren't in the chatbot game right now, stop what you're doing and get in it. And the reason I'm saying that, get in it as a business owner, just to get your head wrapped around how it works and what they are. Start at a very basic level because it's, it is evolving so quickly. I do compare it to, you know, when I first started out with Facebook ads, they were so simple. You just put some money in, click boost and away you go. It wasn't even boost at the time. It was like promote. Mm-hmm. You could promote an ad very, very easily. It was very straightforward, but then Facebook evolved so quickly and bolted on all of these Frankenstein features that don't always play nice together. But by being in on Facebook ads from the ground up, I've understood how everything connects together and I can understand where to go and look when a new feature is added on and why they added a new feature on, et cetera, et cetera. So it's easier to grow with something rather than, you know, fast forward, Five years from now, if you all of a sudden decide you want to get on a messenger marketing chatbot, it's it ha, it will have evolved so far by that point that it's going to be a much larger barrier for entry for you trying to learn it from the ground up. So anyway, this is a whole big way of saying it's still at an entry level. You can still get in, create your own messenger marketing chatbot, play around with it, connect it to your Facebook page, create some fun little chatbots that uh, give a great excuse for people to engage with your page. So there are lots of different uses for, for chatbots, everything from um, administration tasks, which is primarily what I use mine for, um, moving data around, collecting people's registration and sign up for my program, sign up for webinars, um, delivering value on presentations. When somebody scans a QR code for my presentation, they get a copy of the presentation, all my discount links, all of my links to my videos and resources. That's fantastic. But I also use it to move data around administratively. I'm just one person. And by having a chatbot do all of those things in the back end for me, makes the world of difference. And you can also use it for promotions. So you can run ads and promotions on Facebook that click into Messenger and people can make purchases right from within Messenger. Um, It's just, it's a massive 
effective vehicle for delivering value, delivering information, and connecting and building relationships with future clients and customers that is very underutilized. And it's not, it's not email marketing, but it is similar to email marketing in that it's just one tool. It's one more tool. Similar to email marketing, it's just one tool. Similar to Facebook ads, those are just one tool. Messenger marketing chatbots are just one tool. But they're a very effective one that I think that every business owner should be paying attention to right now, especially with everything migrating online in our current global circumstances. Well, I think, I think with chatbots, it creates a different type of conversation than you get like with email per se, right? It's, it's a lot more of a choose your own adventure. Mm -hmm. You can build it as simple as you want, or you can make them more complex. So for example, uh, I have somebody I've been working with where we've been doing a choose your own adventure story. So it's a bit of a murder mystery. You can choose your weapon. You can choose your injury. You can choose your uh, tropical vacation destination. You can choose all sorts of these different different factors, and then they all get combined into a write your own story adventure. So that's that's on a one basic level. I use it for 12 Days of Christmas giant um, contest giveaway where people can play trivia, play different games on the 12 Days of Christmas and unlock new questions and win prizes from sponsors. That's another way of doing it. Um, other people use it for customer support through their website. Uh, I use it, like I mentioned, for the registration for my program. So when you want to register for Swift Kick in the Ads or register for the four-week Facebook Ads Bootcamp, you go through the Messenger Marketing Chatbot to get registered. And that pushes all of your data into all of my places where I need it, pushes it into my email marketing system, pushes it into my CRM, pushes it into my spreadsheets, pushes it everywhere that I need the data to go. So I don't have to touch it again. <laughs> so, Which is amazing. And so if a business owner was wanting help with getting that all started, is that something that you can help them with? It is. It's something I don't talk a ton about, but yes, messenger marketing chatbots is something that I love to geek out on and, and I'm definitely able to help business owners with that in addition to Facebook ads. And I usually, um, when I take on, so there's a la carte services where I can just jump on a zoom call, help you on the spot. There's, uh, I can take you on for a project where I say getting your chatbot up and running is the project. That's the project. Or when I have actual, um, long-term clients where we sign you on for a contract working long-term chatbots are just kind of included. It's like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make your ads work. I'm going to run your ad campaigns. I'm going to help you brainstorm. I'm going to use messenger marketing chatbots. We're going to do anything it takes to make sure ads are working the way you want them to. So that's just lots of opportunities there. Awesome. So before we finish up, I, I wanted to, of course, talk about, something that you launched at the end of August, which is your, your new book, The Ultimate <laughs> Guide to Social Media Marketing. And um, just, I guess, tell us about the book. We've actually, we just had Jen Herman on um, episode 10, and she talked a little bit about the book, but I wanna hear from you too, what, it's, what it feels like to be a published author. First of all, that part is mind blowing. It's I, we've been working on this project for over a year and to see it all come together and be a real physical book in our hands that you can order off Amazon, you can order on Barnes and Noble, you can get it in your hands. It's a very exciting feeling. Um, but the best part about that was co-authoring with these brilliant minds. So with um, Jen Herman, Stephanie Liu, Mike Alton, Eric Buto, and myself, we each have knowledge in, in these, we, we each have 
deep, deep knowledge in our respective area of digital marketing. And when you combine the superpowers of all of us together, the amount of information in that book is so well worth the read. It's a quick read. It's an easy read. And that information, it does, it has been built in an evergreen way. So it's relevant. It's giving you lots of strategies and lots of um, perspective on what's happening in digital marketing and social media right now uh, and how you can start leveraging that as a business. So it's, it's been, in all honesty, writing a book with co-authors of people I love, adore, and respect has been the best experience of my life because we all get to celebrate it together. We all get to share in these wins together. We all get to participate in something that is extremely important to all of us for our right. own careers and goals and to be able to celebrate that as a team and to be able to leverage all the opportunities as a team to bring this book to, to the people that it makes the most sense for. It's a whole, it's a whole journey that I never could have predicted would be as awesome as this. So it's definitely worth the read, definitely worth picking up if you haven't already. So there you have it. You need to uh, go, go get her book, The Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing. And of course, I will put links to that on the website. Um, so Amanda, tell everybody what is the best way to stay in touch with you or get connected with you and also to sign up for the Swift Kick in the Ads. Swift Kick in the Ads. That's the membership program. You can actually go to Swift Kick in the Ads ads.com uh, to go and check out all of the programs. You can find me everywhere at the digital gal or the digitalgal.com. Facebook honestly is the best place to find me, best place to get a hold of me. Um, you can message my page and talk with my uh, talk with my chat bot, my BF, my bot friend, not my boyfriend. <laughs> and, uh, and there's ways to get in touch from in touch with me directly right through there. So Facebook, follow all the content on the digital gal. If it's stuff that resonates with you, great. You know you're in the right place. And uh, yeah, if you want to reach out and contact me, if you want one-on-one -on -one coaching, that's a possibility if you want to take um, the programs with kicking the ads and learn Facebook ads from the ground up, that's also a possibility. And yeah, if you just want to say hi, <laughs> the digital gal is where you'll find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the socially powered digital marketing show. Thank you for having me. Honestly, Erin, this is a blast and I love everything that you do. And I'm Aww. so glad that we're connected and I love that it me feels too. like it's been years and years and years. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So much information on Facebook advertising and chatbots with Amanda Robinson. I really think that we're going to have to have her come back on the show to talk about chatbots in more detail and, and how to best utilize those in your business. So thanks for listening to the show. I just want to remind you to be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player, so that you don't miss any of our most recent shows. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we would sure love a review. And then finally, be sure to connect with us on all of your favorite social media platforms. You can find us on all the socials at Socially Powered, sharing tips, tricks, and the latest episodes on all things social, crypto, and blockchain related. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.